Welcome everybody, I'm Rambo and welcome to Echoes of New Eden. Got another great episode for you today. I'll go over a couple things in the game. I'll, we'll talk Sav in the roundtable chat. And then we'll get into the interview I had with ER Doc. Let's get into it. Exploration is here, but, but you already knew that. People are getting scanned down in Losec, people are finding Nyla space, people are losing their hidden outposts, and so on. We have the Concord Pass going on right now, so log in daily to claim those rewards. We'll be getting nanocores soon. With those, they will have the capability of boosting your ships. I've seen some weapons like being boosted, percentaged weapons boost so um we have yet to see that in game and remember if you get killed in your scanning ship that residence scanner is not compensatable this is due to them not having an estimated market price this will most likely be fixed in the future just got to give it some time moon mining will be coming no eta on it just yet the devs plan on adding moon minerals and the ability to mine them with capsuleer outposts Ships and modules that require moon minerals to upgrade will be available in the game. Next, let's get to the roundtable segment. Welcome to the Eve Echoes Roundtable. This segment of the show, we will discuss an Eve Echoes topic provided to us by a fan of the show, Chosen at Random. Are you guys ready? We're ready. All right. First, let's do introductions. And actually, special guest today, Nihilist from the Silent Alliance in with us today. He is on my Discord, and we are talking with him. What's up, Nihilist? Hey, Rambo. How you doing? Uh, you know, just uh, staying as busy as I possibly can for the Fed. There you go. Yes, always busy. Man, 50 hours. Jeez. That's... And was that since uh, you became a uh, Supreme Leader? Is that 50 hours a week? You know, the first three days were just a constant barrage of WeChat and Discord and and Messenger and just all the communication you could ever imagine. And uh, it's kind of slowed down since, thankfully. But yeah, I you know, you wouldn't believe just how many messages you get when you declare war on half of the, the game. <laughs> uh, you, you'll, you'll definitely be a busy guy. So yep. continuing on, we Doing got my... Continuing on, we got my wife, Allie. Allie, what's up? Hello. And then we also have E-Rock, uh, one of our common roundtable talkers. What's up, E-Rock? Howdy. And then, <laughs> and, then, and then we have Rhino. He's he's my roundhouse table talker. What's up, Rhino? Roundhouse. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a uh, blooper I had in a couple episodes ago. So if people caught that, I said roundhouse table talk. <laughs> it was pretty funny, so... All right, let's roll for a topic. And the winner, and the winner is... is... All right. And the topic is... Is Sav useless? Oh, man. Mm. I think with this recent update, things have changed. Nihilist, we'll start with you. Is Sav useless? 
You know, that's a really tough question to answer. There's, there's so many ways we could really look at what useless is. Um, you know, as, as the head of the Federation, SOV is a great way to ensure that you have people coming to you, you know, bringing that good combat content to your group. Uh, people love to poke away at the, the different structures, and uh, that's a fantastic mechanic of the game. Uh, outside of that, uh, we have this, of course, this brand new patch that brought some uh, a very interesting new types of gameplay to Echoes and uh, changed the mechanic of the way that Sav interacts with our, our membership, um, bringing all sorts of new types of conflict and, and opportunities. So I'd say at this point, with the brand new addition of Nihilus Space, the mechanics to the gravity wells, the player-owned stations, and SOV, then SOV has a major impact on strategy as well as ability for larger federations and uh, and groups to be able to really position themselves uh, in the long game. So no, SOV is not useless anymore, Rambo. And hopefully soon to get even better. Allie, what's your thoughts? Oh, I'm kind of torn. I mean, it's bringing us new content and stuff, but I feel... In a way, it's with like the Nilla spaces and stuff. It's, I feel it's just a more way for people to have easier access to get to your system faster, kind of almost like a maybe like a potential wormhole um, that just can make things a little more dangerous. And especially with scanning out as well, you know, it just, Knowsly more, you know, dangerous, but not only no, but now, you know, low second, high second, even those have become dangerous and not so much of a comfort zone for certain people. So it just depends on what you're playing. If you just like that quiet, open, you know, don't really get bothered place, well, it's no longer, you know, so quiet. But if you go to, you know, people that like that PvP action, it's a perfect world for them. Iraq, what's your thoughts? Is Sob useless? Well, not as much anymore. Um, it really comes down to two things, and, and, and that's, you know, what does Sob allow you to do? Uh, it gives you the corporate citadel, um, which used to be more useless, um, but NetEase has finally graced us with uh, production out of corporate hangars. Thank the Lord. Um, that's the basic thing that should have been there a long time ago. They've finally done. It's much easier to keep um, for, for your main production characters, corp, you know, corp material assets separate from personal because you can produce directly in hangers. That's huge. Uh, any major industrial corps are, are loving that right now. Um, but it, more importantly, um, is dial space and the income potential that can be derived from that. I, I think it's going to be uh, increased necessity for Sov, um, just because, um, you know, they reduced the, the natural dead space spawn rates by 60% uh, of just doing anomalies. And so if you want to be able to continue to get dead spaces, you have to be in wormhole space. And if you, rather than trying to scan them down um, and then, and then it just naturally, uh, you're going to want to generate those on a regular basis. You're going to want to do that without posting your system. Um, and so it's, it's, it means it's going to be a miracle department. And it's going to be really interesting to see how people react to that in this game because. It takes a lot of assets to defend um, citadels, and if people are expanding uh, citadel access, it's going to make people more vulnerable. 
Um, so it's going to re- require, you know, I think, you know, larger uh, alliances are going to do it well and they're going to have a game plan put in place and um, they'll be okay. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how some of the small alliances react to that. If they keep their soft to minimum um, or if they try to expand. I think there's a real risk that if people expand too quickly, um, you know, th- th- they'll lose them. But if you don't expand, you're you're basically giving your enemies uh, a, a leg up in the score, and that's a lot of what things are. This is not as much in this score as it used to be because of insurance, but is it, but it still is. If you're making more money up front, um, it's much easier to um, build the higher level ships, especially as we're coming onto T10. It's easier to build um, capital ships, which are coming forward. So I think it used to be useless, but with recent updates of corporate production and, and hangers and with all space, I think it is no longer useless. Is it where I, where I I'd want it to be? No, I think they had a lot more to do to make it worthwhile, but it is finally starting to be worthwhile in my opinion. Yeah. So if, if I were to be asked that question three weeks ago, is SOP useless? I'd probably say, yeah, for the most part, you, mm-hmm. you have your name on the map, you're considerably a target, right, for whatever reason, just because you you have SOV. But secondly, you do get that industry uh, percentage off on, on structures or whatever you're building inside there. So I think prior to this update, that was really the only benefits of it. And I know prior to GenFed acquiring WX, they did not have SOV for a really long time because... There was really no reason to have it. Outposts were superior. Mamasaurus said that herself. And I mean, ultimately, they are. They are. I mean, mm-hmm. e- even outposts today are still considerably greater than having a, a a citadel. Because yes, now we have these gravity well um, modules, right? That we have to activate. But with this recent update with needing to have sov well not necessarily you you can be in an alliance sov but having an outpost within a sovereign system to be able to activate that module to to bring up these gravity wells does make sov more useful yes so yeah. you, and you know and who who's to know to like sure we could say sov is useless up to a couple days ago but now yeah sure uh, we, we got some things to do with it, but who's to say in the future we won't get more features? Exactly. Um, you know, it, I'm not sure if EO has it, but um, gate guns, I think, are a thing. And I don't know if that's related to SOV, but there's still room for expansion and features in SOV. So that that's what I'm thinking. It's like, if you asked me that two weeks ago, I'd say, yes, yeah, I was kind of, eh, whatever. But it is more useful now. As it stands right now, I still feel that Sav is pretty much useless. The corp hangers are a nice thing being an in industry. I do appreciate having corp hangers. Um, I do feel that it does put a big target on your back at times, uh, depending on where you are. And at the same time, that with this new, especially with this new mechanic, yes, it came out. Yes, scanning came out. Outposts are much more susceptible to being taken down as we've seen from a lot of kill mails, shale dealer within the alliances or corpse or even through Reddit or other social media posts. 
Uh, but the the citadel itself, yes, it is required in order to generate one of these wells. But we have no idea how this works yet because it hasn't been within the week of being able to generate one of these wells. Who knows if they have it coded that if one well gets created in that week, that it cancels out the other ones. If that happens, and a lot of people rush to put down Sav, they wasted a lot of resources for that one person, one outpost to be able to have that. And we don't know if that's something that's what it's going to be yet. We have no ideas about that yet. So if, you know, anybody that's out there that's rushing to get the Sav and stuff like that, like, it's one of those things that it might be better to wait a week and see what the mechanics are before you start actually branching out into different things and potentially as an alliance uh overextend yourself to a point where there's a lot more targets now on the map depending on where you are and depending what part of the war that you're on or if you're in a war and uh putting that targets out there potentially a lot more defense timers if people don't keep up with doing what they need to do to ensure that they don't have those timers um so even though the benefits of the gain are there and i can see it and is sav less useless than it was a week ago yes it's it's less useless but until we know exactly what these full new features actually will be able to do like i still feel it does until we know how they work completely i think you made a good point with the the outposts and the and the gravity wells if one corp activates the gravity well and then has to wait the week We'll say another corp with a another outpost in the same system activates their module a day later, you know. So when that first corp gets their uh, gravity well to spawn, is that going to get cleared out or negated by the one that's going to spawn the next day, or do they both stay up? See, that's something we just don't know. Yes. Yeah, that raises internal a lot of things. Um, you know, if you have multiple gravity wells, you know, simultaneously. Or, you know, um, yeah, that, that's still remains to be seen. And, you know, is it going to be, uh, like, how, how is it marked? Is it going to be marked as, as one from your outpost? Um, or is it going to be marked as natural? And I know there's been some discussions about, like, oh, how do you know which ones are from your outpost? Supposedly they're stuff. linked to the outpost. So maybe by the name. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, that'd be cool. One thing that's been really, uh, really well I'd like to think uh, offered is that if there is a real big concern with this major component of the game that uh, we can talk to netties as game, you know, contributors as people who really work to provide the environment, uh, shared environment uh, in across echoes that if, for instance, if it's just a complete mess, when we do find this stuff out here in a few days after that first button press that, you know, we can go approach netties and let them know that they need to fix this. It's just a simple matter of naming, um, you know, and as far as uh, the prediction of the future, you know, we're still less than a year into this game. So I hope this thing lasts a long, long time. You know, if we leak about the evolution of, of EVA Online, it certainly, you know, has come a long way in, in the short period that this game has come out. So I don't expect this will be the end of mechanics for Sov. And it certainly makes a lot of sense considering the level of investment, uh, the, the type of work that we have to do as a corp alliance or even a bigger group like a Fed to keep it up, um, to defend it, to fuel it, and to uh, to have everyone work around it, that this is a major reason, uh, the thinking behind the developers and that ease, you know, I think this is a, a big part of their, of their 
excuse me, of their strategy. So, uh, you know, I've got hope that this is the case. And ideally, you know, we're going to keep pushing Sov and our Fed, uh, securing our borders, expanding it out, because in the end, you know, that's uh, that's what the Silent Federation is all about. We're a Sov-oriented PVP group, and uh, we're not going to change it. Yeah, and I think that um, your point about uh, you know NetEase being responsive and updates, I think, is really solid. And I think the thing is, is too, is yeah, this is the, I think this is part of their plan of getting players more invested in the game, and, and that is needed because like uh, you need goals for the game. You need to, you know, if you don't have you know an asset that you're defending, you know, it, 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 sometimes it's harder to focus, you know, uh, your your corp. But if your corp is regularly like, trying to defend that asset and, and utilize it to the best you can, it's something that keeps people going. And I think it's something that people are going to have to do because if you were somebody who were just a ratter and all, uh, and you were deriving a significant portion of your income from you know scouts and inquisitors, um, which are okay depending on what space you're in, but it's really the dead space that, that provide a significant income. And they nerfed that 60%. And that is to get people getting soft setting up outposts and and if you if you are going to want to maintain that income that you had pre-patch you're gonna have to get solve and, and get into wormhole space um i mean or or, or at least try to fit from all space out in the wild like there's there's you cannot you can't not be doing wormhole space uh and maintain the income you had if you were writing before that, that's the real takeaway um so everyone has to adapt their play style um, and, and ultimately means that we're all, you know, further invested in our corp and our alliance space, um, which in some ways is good. Um, it just, we just have to, everyone has to be careful how they do it and make sure they can defend assets. And it's gonna it's gonna bring content and 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 inform defending those assets. So it's uh, in the long run, I think it's helpful for game. Uh, one thing I, I do kind of wish, which I, I don't think is currently, uh, and even line, you can travel through the wormholes to different sections of space. I think I heard that that's currently blocked. Um, that you can't go in the wormhole and out a different system. I think it brings as you back. As far as actually being in one, I, I attempted it and it did not let me through the other side. Yeah, yeah, I was in one too, and I forgot to do that. Um, I think the biggest thing that, that that a lot of people were hoping for is that it was going to let you bridge uh, between regions through wormhole space, and I would love them to open that up um, because I think that would bring a lot of variety variety to the game uh, and tactically uh, a lot more different things um, to the game that, that, that a lot of people were looking for um, out of um, the wormhole update that just, just didn't happen because you can't um, progress through the wormhole through all the sides. Hey, and who's so. to say that that won't be fixed, right? I, I'm hoping they do. I was going to say another thing for Saab is that if they dropped uh the npc basis to force everybody to have at least an outpost or a citadel to live out of you would see <laughs> you'd see a lot of sob go up very quickly that and it would be nice. useful yeah. all right we'll wrap it up there well that concludes this week's a roundtable chat see you guys next week for another topic to discuss and thank you guys thanks nihilus for being our guest today and uh we'll talk to you later thank you rambo and i love your show thanks Hi, this is Boss Doc, MD. Welcome to Echoes of New Eden. Welcome to Echoes of New Eden. How are you doing? 
I'm excellent. How about yourself? I'm doing great, too. Getting over a cough, so I hope that doesn't uh, affect anything. But, uh, yeah, we'll get into it. So uh, give an intro. Uh, who are you? Who are you with? And uh, what do you like to do? I am Boss Doc. I am the head of the EA Alliance, which is a part of the Silent Alliance. We are part of the Federation. And that was that just happened recently, too. So uh, we'll discuss that later on. <laughs> But you were previously part of, uh, well, you lived in Quarius, right? That is correct. We were a part of uh, what was initially called the Quarius Coalition uh, and then became the Quasar Coalition. So what happened to the Quarius Coalition? Uh, it's it's a bit of a long story and a bit of a drama. Um, we, you know, you know we like drama. The, yeah. <laughs> This was one of the uh, one of the bigger alliances, uh, bigger coalitions uh, in the game, especially from the from the get go. Um, and you know, it was uh, as far as what happened. It, it's like I said, it's a bit of a drama. We at one point spanned many different uh, alliances. Um, you know, we're talking fleets up in the probably capable of generating fleets in the thousands. Um, in the early game, and uh, you know, through the the politics of the game, uh, especially you know, with more current events, with the war between Gen and Pantheon, and the Content Coalition, which was then Southern Coalition, uh, the the Aquarius Coalition had a little bit of a split over over that war in particular. There were, like I said, there were several different member alliances. Uh, EA was just one of those. Um, and so obviously I can't really, uh, I can speculate on, on the situation from others' viewpoints, especially as they express them uh, in the leadership channels. Uh, but I, I wouldn't uh, want to speak for them. Right. Um, I can just kind of give my viewpoint. Uh, the initial kind of hammer that fell uh, happened when the Southern Coalition had reached out to Aquarius Coalition with an offer of a non-invasion pact, and basically this was a this was an agreement about structures only. Um, you know, we wouldn't hit their structures; they wouldn't hit our structures. And there was uh, significant opinions um, that was kind of split down the middle, almost 50-50, to where half of the alliances wanted to get more involved in the war, uh, wanted to uh, play offense, hit structures, um, and then half did not want to, did not want to do that. They were willing to, to play defense, gate camps, etc. Um, but uh, Probably, at least for EA, it was more of a, a decision to protect our our SOV, um, and, and to kind of understand our situation, you have to understand where we were positioned in Quarius. Uh, there's there's a few different uh, of entry points into Quarius, but the one that we held was four jumps from high sec, and we had just dropped five SOV stations. Uh, the closest one, which was was four jumps, and and the furthest one, which was probably more like eight jumps from high sec, and so to to go to war with uh, Southern Coalition 
rebranded the Content Coalition, we would have been essentially the front, and we would have been the easiest ones to hit. Uh, like I said, because we were we were four jumps from high sec, so uh, all you had to do was go park a ship in in Batavefi, mm-hmm. and uh, you could you could mount the whole fleet there, and within two minutes you could have been on our doorstep. Right. Um, and we were already we were already getting a lot of different raids. Um, you know, when uh, when T eight hit and uh, the interceptors started hitting us, oh my goodness! I mean, it was just like there was nothing you could do. Um, it was just like sit there and take it, or try to try to mount your own inti fleet to to hit theirs and hope they hope they came to play. Um, and at that point, with uh, with our positioning we really just did not want to put ourselves in a position where we where we go and hit their sov and then they retaliate and come hit our sov which would be significantly easier uh to put into hull and ultimately take down right and so when you know there were obviously several sides to this um and several different viewpoints but when half said hey we want to we want to get more involved and half said no we want to at least consider this uh this non-invasion pact um, what ended up happening was two of the bigger alliances within the Aquarius Coalition and, and actually, you know, Trimark being probably the most prominent. And uh, as far as I know, this is before my, my, uh, my job in leadership. I, I think they were probably the founding uh, members of the, um, of the coalition because it, it, at that point, everybody just considered it to be Trimark coalition i mean we kept trying and trying to get them to say aquarius coalition and, and at least at the beginning it was always trimark uh, but trimark left uh, and at the same time another alliance uh, false trajectory left to join pantheon false trajectory went to join them in fountain and then uh, trimark decided that they were going to stay in their position the position that they're still in hmm. um and yet join join Pantheon and, and leave QC. So uh, who was all part of the QC? Were Trimark and False Tra- Trajectory just some of the bigger corporations within there? There, there I mean, were, uh, on there top were many, of uh, EA? Yeah, there were many, uh, many different uh, members. Probably the most prominent members that you'll, you'll recognize um, would be Trimark, False Trajectory, EA, Honey Badgers, um, Catch Twenty Two, which is now kind of its own separate thing. They were they were a part of QC, and then um, there was some internal agreements that were made to allow basically QC to be their own coalition, and yet, uh, or sorry, Catch Twenty Two to be their own coalition, and yet serve uh, as members of QC as well while they lived in Catch. Um, and uh, then there were there were several other members that didn't necessarily have space at that time, um, or had some space that was maybe less preferable. Um, HHA squatting squad. Um, they are now uh, still in Aquarius, and I'm I'm probably forgetting uh, some members uh, at this point, but those <laughs> were, those were probably the biggest ones. Yeah. So why did the QC break apart? That was that was the first hammer that fell. Uh, was two of the bigger alliances within the the coalition leaving, um, and 
so when that happened at, at this point, this is kind of where I, I became involved in, in the leadership uh, of the coalition. And there was a lot of stress and a lot of panic that was going on as to what we were going to do with, with basically half of our coalition leaving and then half of that half actually staying inside the space. Um, and so we, we had some discussion as the remaining members of the coalition as to whether we were going to try to keep QC alive or whether we were going to, you know, basically just kind of go our separate ways and end up picking a side. Um, and we did decide that we wanted to, to try to keep it alive. There was a, a bit of a rebranding that had been started prior uh, to that decision. It got renamed into Quasar Coalition at that point. But uh, we elected a new leadership um, and, you know, did, did our best to, to kind of keep that, that name floating um, and stay together as a group. And that lasted for about another two months uh, after Trimark and, and False Trajectory left. And then uh, basically the same thing happened again. There was continued pressure uh, to join the war. And, you know, the, the game was, was changing at that point. You know, there were people, a lot of people leaving. Um, everybody's numbers were dwindling. And I think everyone was kind of looking for, you know, what's that next, that next thing that we're going to do that's going to keep our people engaged and, right. and active. Um, and Catch-22 had kind of risen to more prominence within the, the coalition um, and, and was, in fact, uh, elected as, as leaders uh, of the coalition. And they came back and said, hey, listen, you know, we think that it's, it's time to, to enter the war. And, you know, there was, there was still some significant pushback to that from some of us, EA probably being the biggest pushback to it. Um, but uh, we essentially got told it was time to pick a side. And so uh, the more we, we looked at it, you know, we'd, there, there's, some, there's some politics that predate me um, and some conflicts that, that predate me uh, between the, the prior leader of EA, Mad Rage, um, and Pantheon, and Sun Banana. And there's definitely some, you know, unresolved uh, emotional conflicts that, that exist there. Yeah. And that, that, they're, that we're not going to get resolved um, that I don't think either party had an interest in resolving. Um, and that, that's part of what ended up bringing me into a leadership role within EA. And, you know, it, it, there were multiple options available to us if we wanted to stay and fight that war. Um, you know, and I think that if we had decided to stay, there might've been a chance that, that QC would have, would have stayed in an entity, but, uh, with us leaving, there was just not enough of it there. Um, and then Honey Badgers had also made the decision to to become a part of Catch-22. And so really the the membership of QC had already made their decisions that they were going to either move on or they were going to join another entity. So uh, ultimately there just wasn't really a coalition anymore. Um, and that's that's what happened. It... Uh, each individual, you know, party made their own decisions, and um, 
you know, the fact that those decisions were, were different was what ultimately ended up with uh, QC breaking apart. So with Trimark and False Trajectory leaving, did they say why they were leaving? What was the tension um, there? Yeah, so again, this was a, there was a lot of heated discussion going on. Um, and, you know, to, to kind of put it into perspective, you know, Mad Rage, on the one hand, who was, was leading EA at the time, wanted to think about uh, signing this NIP agreement with uh, Southern Coalition. And, you know, he was uh, very vocal that uh, it, it was not necessarily a we're not going to maintain our blue status with the people that we've been blue with since the beginning of the game. Um, but wanting to protect our SOV, you know, he he was willing to sign a NIP with uh, with Southern Coalition to say, hey, we won't hit your structures. You don't hit ours. We'll still gate camp. We'll still show up in defense of all of the uh different structures that were being hit at that point, whether it was for, for Jen or Panth or whoever, you know, we weren't, we weren't wanting to back away from our, our blue agreements that we had. Um, but neither did we want to risk our SOV uh, by being there and, and, and hitting their SOV. And, and there was a, like I said, a clear and present danger of that too, because we were so close to high sec and it was basically we were getting we were getting messages almost on a daily basis saying hey listen we don't want to hit you guys but uh if if our structures keep getting hit we're coming um and that that put a significant amount of pressure on us because we knew how just how easy it would be to hit those structures and so part of the reason why why we pushed um for that you know at least to be considered um, at the coalition level, but there was never there was never a consensus uh, on on what was going to happen. It was it was deadlocked because half wanted to go and and you know just get more actively involved in the war, and half wanted to kind of say, hey, let's let's slow play this and and at least consider yeah. this agreement. And then uh, while that was deadlocked, and 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 to be fair, it was deadlocked for a long long time. I mean, we were talking days where nothing ever got decided because everybody was just sticking to their guns and there wasn't a, wasn't a consensus. And I think that, um, and again, not, not presuming to speak for either Trimark or False Trajectory, but I think that they, uh, they just were tired of the, the indecision um, and not, not having a decision. And so they decided to make their own decision um, and leave the coalition and, and join Pantheon. So what is... EA's relationship with Pantheon at the time complicated, <laughs> complicated. Um, so, you know, we we were blue, and we had been blue for for quite some time, um, and yet there had always been a lot of conflict between Sun Banana and Mad Rage to the point where Mad Rage was frequently living up to his name uh, in discussions that involved. Pantheon, or well, let, let's be fair, um, and I don't think he would think it unfair of me to say that uh, he did discussions with just about anybody, <laughs> um, and, uh, and that that's when I kind of became involved uh, in the leadership of EA. Um, and initially, when I was brought into that, I was brought in as uh, quote unquote Mad Rage's limiter, <laughs> um, although I did not have power over the mute button. Um, 
he uh, he often would uh, become a little bit more reasonable if I said, hey, hey, you're being unreasonable. Maybe calm down a little bit. Simmer down now. Um, but uh, because of that conflict uh, and because, you know, Mad's got some definite definite biases where, where Pantheon is involved, um, I think that there is, amongst many of the pilots of EA and maybe amongst many of the pilots of Pantheon, there's some... There's some salt. Uh, I can't again. I can't speak for for their pilots um, toward us, but I, I know that many of my pilots have um, some kind of inborn uh, dislike. Probably be the the most appropriate term. I don't think that there's there's any there's some grudges, but I don't think that there's any like nobody's out there flying out there hitting hitting Pantheon right now. I know mm-hmm. Mad would in a heartbeat if uh, if he could. <laughs> So what what led to uh, Mad Rage stepping down? Um, so th- that was probably two two sort of uh, things that were going on simultaneously. He like like many people that um, have been playing this game, and like many of us have seen with with friends or or courtmates, uh, you know, the game just wasn't holding as much of a of a joy for him as it had previously. Uh, you know, he felt like it was a little bit more of a chore to log in than it was fun. And with a lot of the, the various decisions that have been made by NetEase or whoever that have been less than popular with the player base, you know, he, he just really wasn't getting, getting as much out of the game as he used to. Uh, and so that in combination with the fact that we were having know so much conflict with uh between him and and the leadership in in pantheon he didn't feel like he could stay as the leader and still be objective and i'm i'm gonna say it felt like it really was kind of selfless of him to step down and say hey you know we're i don't think i can really stay objective where this is concerned but we're in a position where we can't just go and uh, you know, say okay, well, well, screw Pantheon. We're gonna we're gonna go to war and we're gonna join you know Content Coalition and go fight them because that wouldn't have been fair to our pilots either because we didn't want to do that. Um, we were we were happy with maintaining the blue status. We were really just mostly concerned about uh, the position that going to war would put us in. And rather than continue to stay a leader where where his you know, direction would be, hey, um, let's let's go fight against these guys. Said, hey, most of our pilots are are willing to maintain this kind of status quo, and I don't think that I'm the best person to lead us if that's the the situation. And so he stepped down in favor of me um, for for both of those reasons, and uh, and really because he probably thought it was it was the best thing to do at the time. Well, congrats on the promotion. <laughs> uh, so, the uh, uh, would, so EA. What uh, I tell folks all the time is uh, you're supposed to give condolences, not congratulations. <laughs> oh, my condolences. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm up there with you. I know what it takes. Uh, it's it's a lot of work. Yes. So um, EA had a complete leadership change and a restructure. Tell us about that. Since, yeah, so since Mad Rage had stepped down. Yeah, so when he stepped down, um, we, we'd actually been doing a little bit of uh, 
experimentation, for lack of a better word, with the leadership structure before he stepped down anyway. And there, there had been some different things tried. I think, I think most alliances and coalitions, you know, try things and, you know, there's, the game seems like there's, there's kind of two sort of uh, camps. There's the camp that always says, I want like literally every decision to be made democratically. And then there's the camp that says, Hey, uh, I want somebody to make the decision for us. Uh, And the reality is that there's, there's probably a mix of that that is most effective um, somebody needs to make a decision and yet you need to make a decision that is going to benefit the most people. Um, and so in, in an attempt to do that, we experimented with various forms of leadership, including a, a council that was appointed by Mad Rage. And then when the council member left, they would appoint their, uh, their replacement. And uh, that worked for a while. Uh, we went from, say, three to five uh, at that point, we were calling them high chemists. Um And their, their role essentially was to advise the alliance leader. And then we had all the CEOs that would uh, provide their input. And then aside from the CEOs, we had another separate channel for CEOs and directors where everybody could give their input. Um, and then basically that's how, that's how the alliance got run. Um, when I took over as a leader of EA from MAD, it was under the under the agreement that we would keep things the same, um, that there would be an alliance leader uh, that would make the ultimate decisions. Um, and, you know, he, he may decide to come back at some point. Um, we've left that door open. But uh, for right now, it's it's me leading the show. So there's a there's a player that he's a fan of my show. He's been on my show a couple times. Insidious. What happened to Insidious? Uh, so uh, Insidious was a big part of EA um, for a long time. He was one of the original uh, of the, I guess it would be the three high council and, and was part of it being expanded to five. Um, much, if not all, of the infrastructure that EA currently has, you can lay directly at Insidious's feet. Um, very organized uh, individual, and uh, from everything from our ratting rules to our HR infrastructure, uh, that he built that. Uh, he's the one that brought me in to the leadership, uh, asked me to take over as head of HR, which was an interesting and uh, not not very fulfilling job. <laughs> right, but. Uh, he, you know, he, he built that, that structure. Um, and one of the, one of the biggest sort of things and, and stressors that we had in leadership was we had kind of the guy heading up the, the infrastructure of the Alliance. And then the guy that was our, our military lead were, they, they, they just plain hated each other. Uh, and there were constantly conflicts there. Um, if one said left, the other said right, and you know, big fights and drama, <laughs> and uh, so that I think that played a role um, because it was it was obviously very frustrating for him to have to deal with with those types of issues, um, and uh, there were a lot of like you know, I guess flame wars and a lot of salt thrown on Discord about each other, and so. 
eventually what happened was uh, Insidious left EA um, and he went and joined False Trajectory, which was one of the one of the alliances that had left QC to join Pantheon. Um, and he was there for a while, and then again, it's the same sort of sort of picture. Just had lost some of the enjoyment in the game. Um, in addition to also in in real life, he was changing jobs, and so I think it was probably a couple months after that that he he quit the game. So, are you able to name drop the person that he was in feud with? Uh, that would be Cosmic Hawk. <laughs> um, he was the he was the military leader of EA during its heyday. Um, you know, fleet commander for a lot of the Fountain War. Uh, and I mean, when I when I say that there was salt between these two, I mean, I I frequently had to reach out to both of them and and say, hey guys, you know, let's try to play nice with one another. Um, the and you know, Insidious actually when. Here's one of the things that that many people probably don't know about him. This guy, you know, he was one of those people that you'd say was was loyal to a fault. Um, You know, he was he was very adamant that, you know, you had to be EA 100 percent. I mean, to the point where when I first brought my corp ER to EA, you know, we had discussions and I said, OK, I've got I've got a few concerns, you know, about uh, the way things are run within the alliance. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to look out for my corp. And he would be like, there is no corp. There is no corp. It is only EA. And I was like, well, the, you know, the game would argue against you in that because right. the way it's set up, you know, there are corporations and and I do have folks that rely on me uh, to to lead them. And I want to do that as effectively as I can and do what's best for, for my folks. Um, and, and we had some, we had some doozies uh, of arguments. I mean, at one point we were, we were ready to leave EA as a corporation just because we were talking about, you know, Hey, and we drop Sov and they were like, no, the only people that can drop Sov is the exact executive corporation. Um, and you know, there was, there was definitely some, some issues there. And, and he was such a, such a force for, Hey, this Alliance is, is the everything. If anybody said anything against the Alliance or, uh, had a disagreement with, you know, the way things were in leadership, I mean, he would, he was pretty aggressively, um, jumping on that. And, uh, so it was kind of ironic when he left and, and, and joined FT, but uh, ultimately, I think it was probably because he, he hated Cosmic Hawk so much. Um, you know, during the, the big drama days of EA, Cos uh, had he'd done some things that, you know, before I was a part of EA leadership that had kind of upset a lot of the leaders uh, and comments and, you know, uh, was kind of working some backdoor deals with other other alliances and things. Um, and that really, really, you know, pissed Insidious off. And so those two, they'd go at it on Discord and eventually it ended up with, uh, uh, Cosmic Hawk, not, they'll call it a demotion, but basically what they did was they offered him a, a, uh, co-military lead, um, rather than being the, the unquestioned military leader of EA and, and Cosmic didn't want to didn't want to do that. Uh, he saw it, I guess, as a kind of a personal insult. And yeah. so um, he said no. And then ultimately he ended up leaving EA and then Insidious. I think it was Insidious that booted, 
booted Cosmics Corporation from the from the alliance. Uh, yeah, and so then he wanted to fight, but he didn't want to do the paperwork. Yeah, and then well, then then they ended up coming back, and and Cosmic Hawks uh, uh, Corporation came back and was hitting all of us. Um, and then what what ultimately ended up happening was uh, we blew up, I think, one station of of Cosmics. And then he got another one um, from a, a current silent member uh, who was a member of his corporation at the time. Uh, and they placed that and we went out to, to pop that structure and uh, false trajectory sent a fleet with us to go. Cause they had some salt towards cosmic as well um, <laughs> to go pop that station and insidious and FT bonded over, over destroying that station. And so when he left EA, he ended up going, going there. Wow, that's that's funny. So another it's drama man. So an, another fan of my show, Alan, and also a guest on my show. Uh, he was very popular within EA. Tell us about Alan and and what he did for the uh, community of uh, EA. Well, Alan, just uh, hands down, one of our our most positive pilots. Um huge positive influence on everyone uh, without a doubt popular with everybody. I don't think if there was anybody who disliked Alan, I would, I would think there was something seriously wrong with them. Um, you know, every time he'd log on during the day, it was always good morning, everyone. Good afternoon. Good night. I uh, hope, hope you're all doing well. Um, he'd log off. Good evening. You know, uh, just always had a positive attitude literally about everything. Um, and uh, I think anybody who's listened to your show and, and knows some of the physical limitations that Alan has uh, and to remain that positive about everything and to be just such a good person, um, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's actually very, very missed. Um, you know, and I know he's not with us anymore, uh, but uh, and, and by not with us, I don't mean he's passed away. I should clarify that. You're not right. with EA anymore. Yeah, he is um, no longer with IMLG. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I've said that in the past, you know, not with us. And then folks have thought somebody somebody died. And I'm like, okay, I should I should make sure I clarify that. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, uh, personally, um, I just was always so so happy and proud to have him as as one of our members and and really i think everybody in my corp loved him to death um and uh we're, we were sorry to see him go yeah so we assisted with alan and by and purchasing that tablet for him insidious was a big uh influence on that i would say uh he was the one that set all that up you know i i gave insidious a, a little seed and i said hey you know how about we do something like this for him and uh you know give them a bigger screen to play on and you know reap the benefits of just playing on a tablet compared to his phone that he was playing on and insidious immediately you know he bit on that and then he he started the gofundme and everything that same day and he uh he really kicked ass on that and they they ended up raising 700 or 800 dollars for him and you know shout out to alan he was he was really appreciative of that and uh, I, I think he mirrored that in his dedication toward EA. And, uh, you know, I, I speak to Alan every once and again. He, he still does play the game. Uh, he, he's out in high sec, so... <laughs> Hi, Alan. I know you're flying out there somewhere. Um, but, Hi, yeah. Alan. Hey, man, we miss <laughs> you, buddy, and we love you. 
yes, you're you're missed with an EA. And uh, you know, when when I heard that he was departing EA and IMLG, I was like, uh, you know, selfishly trying to get him to join my court because I know I know the way he is. You know, I I know that you know, um, the corp and you know himself, he we could benefit each other, right? So, um, you know, he 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 didn't take that bite. He did take that carrot. So. He he wants to do his own thing out in high sec, and you know you got to respect that for him. But you know, reasoning everybody's got their reasons for leaving. You know, uh, whether or not they he wanted to move, change alliances, whether or not he just needed to get away. Um, I don't know if he had any responsibilities within within the alliance, but um, maybe he's just taking a break from reds and attacks on a daily basis and whatnot. So I know a lot of people were roaming Aquarius. Yeah, so. I would not blame him in the slightest uh, in that regard. And, you know, I, I got to say, too, you know, I have I have so much respect for his decision to go out to high sec, but ER still has openings, Alan. And if you want to come join us, come on back, buddy. <laughs> There's my shameless plug. How about that? There you go. Yep. So so recently and I, I, I picked up on this is EA. I don't think there is a big announcement like on Reddit or anything, but EA basically picked up and moved and they joined the SHH Alliance. Tell us about that. Why move to SHH? So, um, well, we uh, we had many options available to us, obviously. And again, back to the, you know, why did why did uh, QC end up breaking apart? You know, when we we looked at it and said, okay, we were being asked to pick a side um, and you know, there were there were voices saying, "Hey, uh, we can we can stay here and we can say continue the the coalition, or we could join Catch Twenty Two, um, or we could uh, we had even offers from from Pantheon, um, as well as offers from OG, and we had talked to Silent. Basically, we 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 tried to do our due diligence." for our membership and, and say, hey, we want to present you guys with the options that we have available to us. And and we did. We presented literally every option, um, you know, and had them vote on what they thought was the best option um, and eventually narrowed down to two, um, which was uh, Silent and uh, OG. And then ultimately, why did we... Uh, decide on silent well there's a couple of reasons is if we had joined og we still would have ended up in the war uh, we just would have ended up on the opposite side of it and then we would be fighting you know people that were were friends um you know we had all uh, been working so long with all of these various uh, alliances and coalitions so to join over there would have meant hey we're gonna we're gonna be seeing friends across grid and and you know, I, I was okay with that personally, and, and I've always told folks uh, that, hey, you know what, we're, we're friends, and if we end up across the grid from one another, um, it's the game. It's not personal. You know, I don't, uh, I don't uh, not play Monopoly with my friends, and if you play with me, I'm still going to try to whoop you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I don't see this as a, I don't see this as a game where emotions have to get terribly involved, and and people have to get, you know. Uh, to the point where, like, I, oh, I, I just, I just can't stand that that person or that corporation or that alliance. Uh, I think if you're getting that emotionally involved, then um, you probably ought to be thinking about whether that's that's uh, healthy. Right. Um, 
But, uh, you know, in, in silent, I think there, there was a couple of different uh, reasons for, for us wanting to join it. And like many decisions, it was, it was complicated. Um, the war played a role. Uh, I personally had some friends uh, within silent. Shout out to uh, Grim from Xanadu. We've been talking for a long time, and it's nice to finally be on the same side of the lines. Um, and uh, there's a lot of other folks that were happy with the the space. And, you know, ultimately it was, hey, we got a chance to kind of take a break from this whole war stuff. Turns out the break didn't last that long. Right. But, uh, you know, <laughs> we still got a little bit of a breather. Yeah. Um, and ultimately it was the best fit for us. And that was basically breaking news this last week. Uh, Nihilist had... Um, I want to say he basically called war upon the content coalition. So he was joining the war in the South. And I want to say they're primarily targeting OG, which (laughs) uh, if you were to join them, I mean, you would have been primarily targeted in in that sense. So uh, don't hold me to that. I I, I want to say that's a word on the street so far. Uh, You don't have to word on the street that I can, I can independently uh, say that. Yeah, that, that happened. Yeah. So eventually, you know, even though you you may have switched alliances not wanting to join the war, coincidentally, you ended up getting into the war somehow, right? So uh in Well and that's that's the game. Yeah. I, I think this war is so big. Just if you watch the map, oh the timeline over the map and who was fighting who, and it started as two little blobs, and then those blobs get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then all of a sudden, it's the entire South Side. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's yeah. Uh, you, you could only expect it. People, you know, joining this coalition, people joining that coalition. What are they fighting for, right? You know, I I had a number of episodes, um, trying to get answers. Uh, actually, what I should do is uh, reach out to somebody from OG and talk to them about the war. And uh, ultimately, somebody from OG, if you want to talk on the show, please reach out to me. So, yeah, I want to talk about that. You know, what's going on with the state of the war currently? I I know when I was talking with Damon Zell, he was saying, well, it's a whole lot of hitting shields, you know, playing with timers and dealing with insurance. Um, Nobody's losing ships or taking hits from from ship losses because people are claiming on insurance and then they're back at it the next day. Know, after the uh after that insurance audit or whatever so it it's kind of a standstill so unless something happens i mean what what are we going to do you need something needs to happen right eventually there's going to be peace maybe yeah. not but well and and it, to me all of these situations have always reinforced what what my personal uh kind of motto is which is don't burn bridges with people because you know today's allies might be tomorrow's enemies and vice versa. Um, and ultimately, again, this is, this is a game and that's the thing that I think some folks fail to realize and they just, they take it a little too personally. Uh, if you're not having fun, I mean, what's the point? So have fun and don't burn bridges and enjoy the game and go out there and, and blab some ships and, and enjoy doing it. Right. Yeah. So when, uh, when you did join SHH, you had some corps that didn't want to join SHH. So what happened with them? Um, I Again, I, I'm not sure if this was a situation where they just didn't want to join SHH or if it was more of a situation that they wanted to stay where they were. 
Um, as I said earlier, we discussed all of the options. I mean, literally anybody who came to us uh, and said, hey, we heard there's some, you know, some, something going on inside QC, you want to consider come joining us? We said, okay, we'll, we'll consider it. And we did. And we presented it to our membership and said, hey, what do you guys think? Um, and there was, at one point we put up a poll and it was basically just a feeler. And it was, how would you feel about either staying here or moving somewhere else? And there was a not insignificant portion. It wasn't anywhere near the majority, but there was a, a decent amount of folks who said, you know, we'll leave over our dead sov. Uh, and I think that those were the ones that ultimately decided, hey, listen, um, we're, we're going to stay. Because, you know, when you consider what we had dealt with, you know, to put it in in the words of uh, you know one of our one of our allies, uh, Dirk, who leads the Catch Twenty Two Alliance, he said, "You guys went through hell," and and that's pretty much what we had been going through. You know, we were the gateway to Aquarius, so anybody who had uh, an axe to grind against Aquarius would come through us, and so we saw a significant amount of um, red activity, neutral activity coming through, and we had to to frequently step up to the plate to kind of, you know, it, it sounds bad to say, hey, we were there defending everybody else because they did show up, you know, they would they would come help, but we're we're the first responders, I guess, you know, being there in that uh, in that position. So, um, you know, when you fought so hard for something, it's very hard to say, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna give that up. Right. And so I think a couple of them, rather than saying, well, they just didn't want to join SHH, they all, it was also more of a, hey, they just didn't want to give up what they had worked so hard for. Right. That's hard for a lot of corps, yeah. When GHA broke up, there was, I don't know, up to five or so vacant citadels. Vacant. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, we've actually got, uh, I think, two still vacant um, right now in Aquarius. Uh, Actually, when we left, we opened those up to the general public, so literally anybody can dock there. Um, I guess you could call them neutral stations now. Yeah, neutral coliseums. There you go, out in Aquarius. <laughs> yeah. Well, oddly enough, it's weird how people don't hit them when they're vacant. Like, well, we they did. We lost. I oh. think we two of them got hit. Um, I, I'm not sure who hit them or why. Like I said, when we left, we said it's you know we're just gonna have to let these go. Um, I know there's a lot of memes out there by, about we didn't want that station anyway, but uh, in this case, it, it was that we we had made the decision to move on, and so we were we were willing to we were willing to let those go. We did let folks know, hey, listen, we're going to open these up. Uh, we would prefer that you not hit them, um, just because there are going to be maybe some options uh, on the roadmap to maybe open up a sale marketplace there. Um, and that would be would be beneficial to us, and and we we've always been willing to work with folks, um, you know, if uh, trying to make those mutually beneficial if we can. Uh, but you know, realizing that some folks would not not necessarily like having a neutral station in their territory, you know, we we said, hey, listen, we understand if you hit them, we'd prefer you don't, um, but we understand if you do. Right. Well, before we started talking, you're telling me about this uh, instance you had in Aquarius with no police stop hitting you. 
pretty much daily. And uh, you, you were saying, you know, you haven't talked much about it. <laughs> Tell us about this. So, um, yeah, I guess uh, now's a good time to say uh, really enjoyed your interview with Tahini. Um, and, uh, you know, I have I have had the honor of, of uh, getting hit by No Please Stop um, for a not insignificant amount of time. Um, and it was really at a point where we, we were under a significant amount of pressure um, because we had just done our leadership change. I had just taken over as leader of, of EA. Um, on top of that, we were dealing with the fallout of, uh, of Trimark and FT leaving QC um, and trying to keep QC alive. And and then right in the midst of all of that, uh, we started getting hit pretty hard uh, by no please stop. And we were told that there was no specific contract against us. It was just uh, about content. Um, but as Tahini so eloquently put uh, during your interview with him, they don't really talk about their contracts um, with others. So I, I don't know. You know, maybe if he does post up a contract uh, way after the fact, I'll find out someday. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's what we were told. There was no contract. It was just about content. Um, but we had Scepter fleets roaming for constantly uh, for almost a week. Um, and, you know, people were getting very frustrated. And so what I did and... <laughs> I cannot believe I'm going to actually reveal this uh, on your show, uh, and maybe maybe Nihilus is going to kick me out of the uh, out of the Fed now that he hears it. Um, <laughs> but uh, I wanted it to stop, and so but I didn't know if they were under contract or. So what I did was I just reached out, and I said, "Hey, are y'all under contract right now, or are you available for an immediate contract?" And I figured I would get some information out of that one way or the other. Maybe they, if they said no, we're on a contract, then uh, then I would think, okay, yeah, somebody hired them to hit us. Uh, and then they came back and said, no, we're not, and we're happy to take a new contract. And so my first thought was, who can I hire them to hit that is the furthest away from us? And I said, huh. Silent is way up there in the Northeast. Oh, so I initially... I initially talked to them about coming to hit silent, um, not because I had any grudges, uh, just because it was far away and it was away from us. Um, thankfully, uh, down for down the road situations, that didn't end up actually uh, coming to fruition. Um, <laughs> you know, the more I talked to them, the more I said, hey, you know what, uh, what we're going through, I wouldn't necessarily want anyone else to go through. So I looked for an alternative option, uh, which was basically to say, hey, um, can I just, uh, can I just pay you to go get your content somewhere else? Um, and we ended up, uh, coming to an agreement, uh, that I probably overpaid on. Um, but, uh, I, I paid them 19 billion ISK to leave us alone for a while to give me the time I needed to, uh, establish the alliance, uh, and, uh, the leadership change as well as to give, I included uh, the rest of, of QC in that, um, which retrospectively is probably why it was so expensive. But, um, right. you know, they needed a break as much as the rest of us did. And so, you know, a week's reprieve for, for what I had sitting in my in my ISK account was was worth it to me. So 
Yeah, um, ultimately, you ultimately you care. You care about the members. You see what's going on in space. You don't want it to happen anymore. And that's you making amends, saying, "Hey, you know, let let you know, let's let's work out a deal. Can can we get a breather for a week? And it'll be positive for the entire coalition, right, or whoever lives in the area." So, um, I I look at that as uh, you caring for the members. Well, I I hope that's the way it's seen because it wasn't necessarily universally popular. There were plenty of people out there who thought that um, that would just encourage them them to come back again and, and get another paycheck. And at that point I said, Hey, listen, this is a one-time deal. <laughs> I only got this much in here. Um, and, uh, I'm only paying it out once. So, um, if they do come back and, and look for more, I'm just going to say, Hey, listen, you can keep trying, but I'm broke. Yeah. Yeah. I ain't going to get any more risk out of him. So or out of you, I mean, all right, man. Well, that is all that I had <laughs> unless, uh, yeah, well, we can do uh, the closing thoughts and shout outs. You know, uh, I already gave my shout out to Alan. Um, again, uh, thanks so much for everything that you did for uh, the EA Alliance and uh, for being such a positive person. Uh, but I also wanted to give a shout out uh, kind of universally to everybody out there who is still playing this game. I love this game. Um, and I know there are so many of you out there that love it as well. And despite the, the numbers being down, um, I have so much respect for all of you that are out there still plugging away. Um, and shout out to every single one of you. Keep enjoying the game. Uh, keep taking care of one another, and everybody fly safe. Awesome, man. Well, I will see you around. Thank you for talking with me today, and uh, fly safe. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Well, that's it for this week. If you like the show, please review it on Apple Podcasts or on my Discord. Any feedback is appreciated. And you already know it. This show is sponsored by Borg. Laundry over at Borg sponsors this show. We are Borg. We are family. That's their motto. They're a very large organization that has industry in mining. Also PvP-focused programs, just as top-notch as some of the top-notch corps out there. You know what it is. They look out for all their drones in the collective. They have a great community both in and out of the game. They have sci-fi fans, D&D fans, and fans of other RPGs. And there's always somebody to talk to in comms. You too can become one with the Borg. Life in Nullsec is good, full of riches to be had, and you can be part of it. Go check out Borg. Resistance is futile. I got a new sponsor this week, Oz Corporation. Join Oz and the GenFed Alliance. At heart, Oz is an industrial corporation. They offer low-cost ships built in-house for their members. They are a sovereignty corporation and a member of the Genesis Federation. Their guiding principle is that they provide an environment where all players can pursue their passion within the game without overbearing restrictions, requirements, or taxes. Play the game the way you want to play the game. It's the job of the leadership of the corporation to support and encourage you in any endeavor you choose. Though they are an industrial-based corporation, you will find within their ranks dedicated PvP pilots, hardcore ratters, all-star miners. Whatever it is you like to do in EVE Echoes, you will find like-minded brothers and sisters in Oz Corporation. Or mineral and PI buyback programs available, 
and only 7% tax. That rounds out to many of the other wonderful benefits of being part of the family. Join Oz as they make their mark on New Eden. Together, we are Oz. Also, please come check out my Discord. You can submit your very own corp ad. You can just come by, say hey, support the show. I also need more topics for the roundtable chat. So I'll leave the link in the description to join my Discord. And if you want even more Eve Echoes news and a deeper dive into what's going on in the galaxy, check out Damon Zell over on YouTube on his show, Echoes from the Front, where he goes over game news, does weekly SAV updates, and much more. He really goes in depth with his show. It's a good show. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Take care, fly safe, and I will see you next week. Oh, no.